Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. I want to move on, and I want to move on to something more serious. Gambling. Uh, The number of people who have been treated in the health services for the problem of gambling, according to reports today, has reached a record level with more than 250,000 cases reported by the treatment centre unit last year. And gambling uh, is treated as a problem. A substance along with alcohol and illegal drugs on the reporting system maintained by the Health Research Board. I don't want to get into all the stats, but it's pretty bad. It does show that almost uh, 1,750 cases where gambling was recorded as a main problem for people. Now, I suppose gambling, like alcohol and drugs, has destroyed lives, and it destroys the lives of people, particularly around them, if you're a gambler or an alcoholic, or indeed a drug addict. Uh, We have heard stories of gamblers that will spend the rent or the mortgage or the family finances without their partner even knowing about it. Everybody knows an alcoholic, for example. Everybody knows probably a drug addict. But very few people actually know a gambler. Why? Because it doesn't have any visible signs. A gambler looks the same. They don't fall around the place drunk. They don't look strung out like a drug addict would. So you don't see it. It's not visible. It's an invisible addiction. And But it does have more disastrous effect on a person and the people around them, probably than any other addiction because of the financial woes that go along with it. So how do you know you're addicted to gambling? All the available evidence points to the fact that it's predominantly young men who are suffering from the problem. Uh, We assume it's older guys, you know, hanging around bookies, but actually that's not the truth. Since online gambling has been available, it has become more popular among the younger community. There are women obviously involved, but mainly men. I I don't know what the stats are in relation to men versus women, but it is certainly predominantly male and it's predominantly young men between the ages of 20 and 40. And the effects of gambling include loss of jobs, limited personal responsibility, failed relationships, severe debt. Uh, Problem gambling is often associated with mental health problems, including depression, anxiety, mood disorders. And the signs that you have a problem are lying to your partner about how much you're spending, chasing your losses, borrowing money, being obsessed with the gambling, being unable to stop. Like, you know you have a problem if somebody, like, I have a problem when it comes to smoking. I go back on the vape, I go on the smokes, I go back on the vape, and if somebody said to me, give up the smokes for good, I have a problem doing that. So that means that I have a problem. That's an addiction. I have an addiction to cigarettes. Some people have an addiction to coffee. Other people have an addiction to drugs, alcohol, but with a gambler. How you know you have a problem is if somebody said, stop, don't do it anymore. Can they? If they can't, they have a problem. Um, They gamble to forget. Stealing or committing fraud to gamble. And gambling because it's the most important thing in the world to them. They're the signs that you have a problem. Now, we had a kind of chat around the office about it today and we were kind of saying, can you gamble responsibly? Like you can drink responsibly, I suppose. You can have a social drink at the weekend, a Saturday night. You can't take drugs responsibly, I don't believe. But can you gamble responsibly? Is there such thing as gambling responsibly? You could be one of those lucky gamblers who once a year, you know, wins in the Grand National because you only gamble once a year. Or you win the lottery. That is essentially gambling. 20 quid a week on the lotto. You could be one of the lucky ones who wins the lottery. You're a winner. But the majority of people who gamble don't win. They lose. That's the way it's designed. Otherwise, the bookies wouldn't be making money and multi-millionaires. It's not designed for you to win. 
That's why it's called gambling. You're gambling your money and the majority of it goes into the bookies. So I want to know what you think. Can you gamble responsibly? And as we had this conversation in the office today and we talked about it. Some believe you can. You can be a responsible gambler and enjoy doing it. Others believe, no, it's a rocky road. You can't. You just cannot responsibly gamble. Eventually, it'll lead to a disaster. Let me know what you think. I want you to text 87 188 or WhatsApp us. It's free to do either. Can you gamble responsibly? Maybe you have a story. Maybe you lived with a gambler. Let us know what it was like. Or maybe you were a gambler. Okay, keep texting. Keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Let me get back to gambling if I can. Somebody says, yes. Niall, of course you can gamble responsibly. It's like being able to drink and know that you've had enough, said Dave in Westmead. But Dave, that might be okay for you. But there's a lot of people out there who just don't know they've had enough. And it's made so much easier now with these apps. You know, and I know so many people who are using gambling apps, even if it's the National Lottery. It's gambling when you're doing the lottery and you're doing your 20 euro or your 15 euro or 10 euro at the weekend in the hope to win that 80 million euro millions or whatever it is or the 12 million on the National Lottery, which was the record there the other night. I mean, everybody is thinking to themselves, it could be me. I might just win on this horse. I lost it all. But if I just put it all on this one here, I might just get it back again. But you're not going to. 999 times out of a 1,000, you're not going to get your money back. You've lost it. It's a rocky road, isn't it? What do you think? Can you gamble responsibly? As somebody says uh, in a text here, Niall, uh, many years ago, I was married to a man. Uh, for years, he deceived me. Uh, mortgages went missing on a regular basis. He used excuses like he had lost the money. Or one night he even suggested he was mugged and attacked and went as far as re- uh, going to Angarda Shea um to report it, suggesting money had been taken from him in a robbery. Uh, it was all untrue. Unfortunately, he was gambling our life savings and our family finances. Thankfully, I got rid of him. All right, well, do you believe that gambling can be controlled? Because, according to the paper today, we have a record number of people presenting themselves uh, for gambling addiction problems. Ron, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Ron? Hey, Noel. How's things? Ron, I mean, can you control, is there such thing as controlled gambling or reasoned gambling or gambling for enjoyment where it just doesn't go too far? Yeah, of course there is, yeah. I mean, but the, the whole thing is the person who's doing it has to realise how far they're going. I mean, I, I, I was talking to um, your colleagues there when they rang and sent a message in. Like a few years ago, I was going in the wrong direction, but finally woke up and said, well, hang on a second. This isn't good, you know. I mean, it starts off, the whole thing about gambling is the winning. It's the thrill of the winning. It is the thrill of the winning, isn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, I still remember the very first time I walked into a bookies and I did a £70 bet at the time. I was in the pub with my friend and his dad and we all, there was a horse. Still remember the name of the horse, Hail the Chief, 5-2, to two, we went in. And did you get a tip? Was it a tip off somebody? It was a tip, was a tip yeah. And we went in, I £20 on it, my friend had £20 and his dad had 70 But we all put it on the one docket, went in. And as I was writing it out, even though it wasn't my 70 euro, the hands started trembling because the excitement of it. And I handed it over. And I'm thinking how much, and what were the odds? What were the odds again? Five, five to two we won it. Right, so, okay. So I got 50 quid back from my 20, plus the 20 back again. And it was great because it paid for the whole day. You know, the drink was paid for. And, you know, and that, that's that's what it is. It's the thrill of the win. And But then, like, I mean, over the I mean, the biggest bet I ever did was 900 euro um, oh, football match. 900? Yes, and, we and can I ask you are, you, are you a wealthy man, Ron? No, I'm not, Noel. No, sure. I'm the other day. So where'd you get the 900 quid from? We were saving for the win. Oh, no. Yes. Now, now I, I backed Real Madrid away at uh, 
I think it was either Copenhagen or Rosenborg. They were one to three. They went two 0 up after twenty seven minutes, and I cashed out for one hundred and eighty of the nine, of the the winners would have been three hundred. So I got one hundred and eighty back, and that was that was the wake up call because I was sitting there, sitting at the dinner table with my wife and my daughter at the time, and she was trying to have a conversation with me, and it was a five o'clock kick off, and in the Champions League, and I just couldn't even comprehend what she was saying to me. It was just. Mm-hmm. You know, you you were watching this match, watching your money going down the drain. I was, I had my mobile phone beside me, and I was watching. I had a flash score come up, and I had the match on on the TV, and I was sitting around with the volume up at about sixty. So in the kitchen, I could hear what was going on, and I was sat sat down at the kitchen door at the end mm-hmm. of the table, and she was trying to talk to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, well, well yeah, yeah. And, she, and only, so she had no clue you were doing this. She hadn't got a clue, no, no. But it, that was that was the last time I ever gambled more than. I'd say 10, 15 euros. And what, now, was it, what was it like to walk in with 900 quid and hand it over? No, I, did, I just, you know, this is the problem. I didn't walk in. I did it online, on the phone. Can you do, ni- can you do 900 online? Yeah? Yes, you can, yeah. You can do as much as you want, but you, what you can do is, which, which is what I've done now, now all I do is every two weeks I do a bet with my friend. He does 10 week, one week, 10 euro one week, I do 10 euro the next week, and you can put limits on your account. But you, yeah, oh. but you, you can change those limits. Oh no, I can, yeah. I yeah can. So, but that's, so that's, that's not really, but that's that's not really a limit, is it? A, a limit is something that you can only. Wouldn't it be great, for example, if you rang the bookies and they set the limit on your account and you couldn't change it? Yeah, no, it, it would be. Yeah, but what bookies going to do that? They make money off us. Well, I, I, I think I don't know. Helena said, in "My year, you can do, you can do that online." I don't know whether you can do it online or not, but you can set it so you can't change it because it was, oh. it would just seem too easy that you could just change that limit. It's it's it takes seven days to change it. Right. So okay. Well, that's fair. Account, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so that that sudden urge that someone might have. Now I don't have them urges anymore. But you say if someone has a fifty euro limit, and all of a sudden, oh god, you know, I put the mortgage on this horse and it'll mm-hmm. win, and then that'll be, you know, I'll have. Extra, you can't do that anymore if you put the limit on your. Account, and between so. the time of your first bet and your nine hundred, the one that made you stop, right? How much can you like? Did you did you spend a lot of money? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, I wouldn't have been a, I wouldn't have been a gambler day in day out. But you know, Saturday you down the pub with the lads, football. I mean, I remember you know you, you might go in. I remember Leeds were playing away at Fulham one day. They were twelve to five, which is two and a half to one. And I had sixty quid in my wallet, and I walked in just threw sixty quid down on it. You know, but they lost. Mm. That was gone. You know, I then had it to does it does seem so disheartening. Then it seems like it's a complete waste of money. Like you worked hard for your sixty quid. I don't know what you do for a living, but you might have did a, you know a half a day's work or a day's work for that sixty mm. quid. And you're handing it to somebody else, and that's the end of it. It's generally just gone. Yeah, but you don't think about that at the time. It's a thrill. It's you know, you're looking at it. I'm looking at it like it's three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and I'm out for the day. There's sixty quid in the wallet. Leads at twelve to five. If they win, that's the rest of the day pay for. You know what I mean? You, yeah, you the, never look at it, the fact you're going to lose because you don't think you're going to lose. But and the majority do lose. Yes, of course. There's only one winner in gambling. Now, of course, the bookies. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> the, that's the bookies. Everybody yeah. knows that. I mean, you look at Paddy Power's report profits every year; like they're through the roof. Mm-hmm. You know, and, now and to be fair to Paddy Powers, it's not just them. There's a number of get bo- no, boogies no, around. I, no, I have to say that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> There's a number like of them out there. Sports, yeah. You yeah. know, they, they all... They all They're all making massive profits, yeah. Yeah, of course they are, yeah. I mean, listen... Well, that's what they're in business, aren't they? Yeah, of course they are. But you're asking the question, can you respond to gambling? You can if you know the dangers. But it's the people who don't know the dangers and the people who get sucked in to the thrill of winning because the winning will never last. I just think it would be very... You would want to be a strong person to get, you know, into gambling and not, and be able to control it. I, I think it would take a very strong person because you sound like a level-headed guy, but you still got sucked into throwing away 900 quid out of your wedding savings 
on a ga- yeah. on a bet. So you, yeah. you you need I think unlike say alcohol, which can slowly drag people in, or drugs or whatever it is, with gambling, I think you need to be a very special, strong person not to get sucked in once you start. Well, I was on. But that's the thing. I was on the verge of getting sucked in, and then it was a, a reality check. Yeah. Well, good for like, you, and I'm, and I'm glad you yeah. did. Do I really want to go down this road? And the answer was no. I mean, because some of the stories I've heard, we had a guy in the air there about two years ago, so bad that on Christmas Day, um, he took the kids' Santa Claus presents and went out on Christmas Day and sold them. Yeah. So did you get money to, to gamble? But sure, wasn't, it, who, wasn't there a lad in the post office down the country or something who was bankrolling Robin? Wasn't that a couple of years ago? Mm, no, well, was I think we had that guy of the year. I think this was the guy who sold his house and everything, wasn't it? It was not him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he, he told me, run, yeah. yeah, he told me at time there was times he used to have two hundred and fifty thousand in cash in the under the back seat of the car, and he was yeah. going from bookie to bookie. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. But uh, I, sorry, Damien, hang on for a second because I will get you. I have to go to a break. Sorry about that. I'm just going to run a little bit over time. Um, it is interesting to listen to some of the stories. Well done to you for getting away from it, by the way. And okay, I know you have the ten pound flutter every now and again. That's fine. Sure, people can do that, but. The question I'm asking is, is there such thing as responsible gambling? Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Let me go to Damien. Damien, you're on Classic Hits in a very noisy car. Damien, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Niall. Good. Damien, can, can you gamble responsibly? I don't think so, no. There's, there's no responsible gambling as such. Like. Mm. Uh, but I believe the problem begins, and it needs to be addressed at the race courses. Right, at a young age, so to speak. Yeah, well, I used to work in a race course and the amount of underage children that would be at the races and gambling was absolutely horrifying. Like, Well, there is no age limit on going to the races, but I know in 2017 the industry were banned from the kind of long-standing practice of allowing, you know, tote bets. Yeah, but I think there's a blind eye turn to it really in one sense, you know. Well, the parents could just go and bet for them anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A race course is no place for a child, like... But you go to any of the racing at Christmas and you will see families there. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. the place is full of families. And I don't get me wrong, it seems like it's a good day out for them. But I, I think it's like bringing a kid to a pub. You know, it's yeah, an adult's uh, place. Yeah, there's no business there. There's no business. There's nothing to bring them in there. Like. But then the race courses are encouraging families to come. And then, by the way, not just the, 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 the greyhound racing as well as the, the horse racing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you wouldn't allow a child in a casino. As you say, like, gambling is highly addictive, like, and introducing them at a young age to it is totally wrong, like. So do you believe uh, that children should be banned from race courses completely? Oh, over 18, strictly over 18, I believe, you know. That's a good, uh, I mean, Ron, who kind of got a little bit sucked into it, Ron, that would be a good start, wouldn't it? It would, Noel, but it's not, I mean, going to a race course is not illegal. It, it's not age-restrictive, only gambling is age-restrictive. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So the race courses are promoting family days, and I know, I know what Damien is saying. The kids shouldn't be there, but if you go to a family day at a racing event, like there's usually bouncy castles. There's usually there's plenty to keep the kids to encourage the kids away. to go. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you know it's like it's a family day. You know, personally, I'd never bring my kids to a, a pub or to a race course. Um, so I can totally see where you're coming, but I mean, it's because of the onset of online gambling and the bookie stars popular. Very race courses are struggling big time. And the reason they do these things is to try and get the people there. Yeah, but so, I, think, I think society is more important than the profits of a race course because I know, as we speak at the moment, there are people listening to this show, probably young men, because they seem to be predominantly the ones with the problems, uh, 20 to 40 years of age, who have a huge problem and can't tell anybody. Maybe they're, as you did, taking money out of the wedding money or taking the mortgage money and spending it, and their missus doesn't even know. 
I mean, I'm looking at some of the texts and messages coming in here. Uh, sorry, I can't come on air, but I'm in work. But when I gamble, I get a chemical reaction in my brain. Uh, I could easily be a bad gambler, but I actually don't have the money. But when I hear slots or similar sounds, I actually feel parts of my brain yearn to get back into the slots or get back onto the slots. It's like a drug. It's dangerous. My husband doesn't get that brain buzz. So I think if you have an addictive personality, you're more likely to have a gambler that can't stop. And I think that that's probably true to some sense. It's the same buzz that, that you talked about, Ron, when you, when you put that money on the match. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. But, I mean, gamblers don't go to, to the race meets. They, they'd rather keep their money in their pocket than walk into a bookies. Or do it online. You know, or do it online, yeah. You don't, you don't get, I mean, I, now I've, I wouldn't know of anyone other than high rollers who would bet big at race meets. You know what I mean? But so, I mean, I, I mean, I've got a guy here who says, I lost my wife and my kids to gambling. But then he goes on to say, I won the lottery and moved to Barbados. I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe he did, but he lost but his he's wife. Not, he's not texting from Barbados. No, he's certainly not. No, I, but I do believe he lost his wife and kids due to gambling. Let me just go to Angela on Classic Kids. Hey, Dion. Hi, Nathan. How are you? Yeah, hopefully we'll all win the lottery someday and move to Barbados. But, but Angela, I mean, look, we all put a bet on at some point in our life, be it the lottery, the Grand National... And, you know, we yeah. do it every now and again with that view to being that one person who might just win. But gamblers are something special. There's something different that do it regularly. Can you be a social gambler? No, absolutely not. You can't. Um, uh, and I wouldn't even say putting a bet on the Grand National is a social No, that's gambler. a one-off. That's- that's, that's a one-off. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, always. my dad used to do it. My dad used to go to the bookies on Grand National Day and he put up, mm-hmm. you know, 50 pence on for all of us on a different yeah, horse. We'd yeah. pick a horse each and all that kind of carry on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I see it, I see it here in um, my local pub. It's unbelievable the money that goes over the counter for betting. Because let's say there's no, there's no bookies here, so the, the local pub does it. And it's just, I don't think they can even go in without having to do with the racings on all day, you know, on the channels from when it starts and they're sitting and they're betting and they're talking and they're discussing and the whole lot. And any of those people I have never seen come in without putting down a bet and another one and another one. And they're not going out and they're not going out and driving Mercedes. They're not, no. They're not winning. I will tell you one thing, right? I was there last Saturday week for the match, right, for the rugby match. Went across and watched it. And um, uh, it was about five o'clock and one of the lads put down a bet and he won, like, let's say, 16 euro. And he turned around and he said, that's grand. He said, because if I didn't win that, I'd be going home. Mm. 16 euro. That's, that's sad. That's a sad case. I think a lot of people don't become gambling addicts, as that woman rightly said earlier on, because maybe they just don't have the money to become a gambling addict. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I, I I, but like, and in Ron's case, he didn't have the money either, but he spent the savings that he was keeping aside for getting married. Yeah, because I have an addictive personality. I know I do, I guess, you know, um, uh, that's why I wouldn't do drugs or anything, because I know, I know what I'd be like. And I can remember I put 20 quid down on a bet one day and it came through and you know i won and i'm delighted and blah 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 and i literally just went walk away walk away now or you'll lose the whole lot again do by the way walk do, do the, the bookies and the online companies and do they have some sort of moral responsibility because somebody has sent in no. a long text here and i probably don't no. have time to read it all out but they're basically saying they're vultures who prey on people 
and they clearly know who are compulsive gamblers, particularly with their loyalty schemes and all that kind of thing. Well, it's everyone's choice, Niall. It's everyone's choice. But, it's, but it does destroy lives. But you could say that about bars with alcoholics. But there is legislation you know? there to say that a, a bar is not allowed, although they don't really abide by it. No. You're, you're not supposed to serve somebody who's under the influence of alcohol, which is a bit weird. Um, yeah. but, <laughs> but I know that if you think they're too far gone or they're too, it's like, no. Yeah, you have a moral responsibility to make somebody, yeah. somebody who doesn't get too drunk. But the bookies yeah, don't seem to have that same moral responsibility. People will spend their life savings. Yeah, but the, the, I think the difference is you go into a pub, you sit down, you have a drink. If you're an alcoholic, the pub shouldn't be serving you, but they still do. What about what about what Damien said, money. just very quickly because I have to go to a break, but Damien said, you know, on race days, the big race days, particularly around Christmas time, children shouldn't be allowed on the track. No, shouldn't be anywhere near us. I do not, I do not see the point of having children down and watching people throw away money. It's, it's teaching them the best. It's teaching them how to do it. You're raising them to do it. And well, I mean, you wouldn't bring a kid into a bar and give him, a, you know, a, a sip of whiskey. No. But yet you'd go to a, 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 you'd go to a horse racing event and you'd do a bet for him. Yeah, and saying that there's a bouncy castle down the road there, do you know what I mean? Or there's a couple of, of kids' things. That's bull. You don't bring them in, walk them down to the bouncy castle and leave them there for four hours. They know what they're there for. There's horses running around. A four or five-year-old... And the kid is cheering the horses on. Cheering on the horse. Come on, let's win, let's win. And then if the horse wins, that child gets a high. Yeah, well, that's what it is. It's all about the high. Listen, I have to take a break. Loads and loads of people texting in. Keep texting and WhatsApping during the news. 087-188-0008. Can you be a responsible gambler? It is Niall Boylan with you right at 2 o'clock. Some very sad stories, by the way, coming in through the text and WhatsApp at 087-188-0008. You're a classic hits. Hi, Niall. Can't come on the air, but I used to lose all my money on poker machines. Thankfully, I copped on. That comes in from Richie. Somebody else says, I lost a marriage and my children and still battle constantly with gambling and gambling addiction. Uh, Niall, if you start winning, the bookies will put a limit on you. Another person says, just to remind um, Angela <coughs> what she was talking about in the pub, betting in the pub, pub it's illegal. I, I think she's aware of that, by the way. I don't think you need to tell her that. And she says, all bookmakers have social responsibility programmers, uh, including self-inclusion. I'm assuming you work in a bookmaker. You seem to know an awful lot. If you bet on a football match, should you stop the kids going there? Um, no, because with a football match, the principle of the game is not for betting. It's for, you know, obviously there's a league and all that kind of carry on and... People have an interest in football more so. Horse racing, um, the only reason for horse racing is betting. There is no other reason for the horses to win apart from betting because the horse doesn't actually get anything. So uh, I, your analogy is ridiculous. Um, if that was the case, then we just ban all sports. Our kids go into all sports. Um, obviously, horse racing in particular, uh, greyhound racing, casinos are places where I personally believe children shouldn't be because all you're teaching them to do is have a bad habit. Um, and obviously, I believe, that from what I can see, it sounds, sounds like you work in a booking office or a, a betting office, but and you're defending your trade. I understand you're doing that. And yes, some bookmakers might have some social responsibility, but I don't think they all do. Are you going to refuse a bet from somebody you know is skint? Is that your job? Paul, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Paul? Hi, John. How are you? Good. Uh, Paul, you had a situation uh, with a friend of yours who was a gambler. Yeah. Um, was he gambling much? Yeah, all the time, very heavily, very heavily got into got into serious debt. And um, what sort of debt? Like, are we talking thousands? Or are we talking hundreds of thousands? Or over a hundred thousand, maybe? Right. And and where was he getting the money? Uh, Did he have a good job? He had a fairly decent job, but you know, um, 
Yeah, no, he, 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 had a, he had a good job. He had a very, he had a very good job. But he was still um, getting into debt. He was spending more than he was earning. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And did you try and talk to him at the time? Um, I, I didn't really because um, he wouldn't... He wouldn't have... He kind of wasn't really in my circle as such. Um, but, you know, people people did try to speak to him and... Um, but, you know, it, it, it made no difference. He, he, he said he would stop and he would kind of... You know, curtail us a little bit, but it, it never, never happened. Because he was convinced he was going to get that one big win to get all the money back. Well, exactly. You know, exactly. And and you know, after after you know, the, sadly we 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 lost him, and um, he took his own life. He did, correct? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, it was down to gambling. Yeah. And was he married? Yes. Yes. And kids? Yep. It's so sad, isn't it? Yeah, but as I was saying to Helena there, um, Niall, that you know when it comes to, and I've been listening to 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 the program all all day, and you know you've got this you've got this stupid carbon emissions that you were talking about earlier on, and then you've got other people who um, go into bookies, go into casinos, and yet the bookies and the casinos they they're not liable. As I said to Helena there, if 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 you get a decent barman and you're in having a pint, right, and you know your barman and he says, right, Niall, that's enough, time for you to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a responsible barman. He knows you, he knows your background. He, you know, he'd say, right, Niall, come on, I'll give you one more and you're out of here. You know? But, you know, you, go into, you could go into a casino with 20 quid, you could go into a casino with 2,000 quid. And they'd happily take it off you? Absolutely. Absolutely, and it and you know, I know, I know, I know somebody who works in a casino. I won't say which one, but it's one of the ones in Dublin. Right. And he worked there, and he was manager of the place. Um, it's not a big place. It's got a lot of slot machines and all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, he he knew all the regulars coming in, and he knew they were spending. A lot of them were spending their dole. They were spending their mortgages. They were spending, you know, working men coming in and spending their their mortgages. Women spending their pensions. And he, he on a few occasions he would he said I felt so bad. I went over and opened the machine and gave them their money back and wow. and told them to get out. They were barred. But he yeah. said the boss went mad, the guy that owned the place, and fired him eventually for doing yeah. that. Yeah. For having a social conscience. You know, he said, because I just couldn't see, watch somebody do that on a regular basis. He said, but I, I could see them doing it. He said, you know, Thursday afternoon after they collected their dole at the time, which would have been 20 years ago, they, they were coming in and just spending the whole lot on a poker machine. But as you rightly said, Noel, earlier on, you were, it, it, it just doesn't affect the gambler if he's married if he has children if you have a home you know it affects the whole family if somebody comes home if you come home to your wife or your partner or whatever and say look I'm sorry love I haven't got I haven't got your wages this week I haven't got the mortgage this week That's a, you know now now there's other people involved now you're, you're, you're the, clo- the closest ones to you are involved the kids might have to it, they, they, instead of maybe having um, a, a treat during the week, it might be just sausages and mash because the mm-hmm. gambler has gone out and blown all this money. Yeah, or the kids don't get that holiday or they don't get the night out in the cinema or whatever it is. Everybody yeah. is affected by the gambler, just like but, the drug addict, just like the alcoholic. But what I'm saying is, Niall, that the bookies, you know, you, you have brought up so many times on your program, particularly about, about the... Um, 
you know, the various the various social media. Social media should be taken responsible for what's posted on social media. And I feel now that the likes of the bookies, the likes of casinos, they have to be responsible. You know, you've got people who have take who are taking their own lives. You've got marriages that are being destroyed. Uh, there's so much damage being done. And yes, the, the 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 owners of these bookies, the owners of these casinos. Are just well, see, the, the problem is, too, the online betting is a bit more secret, I suppose, in some sense. At least in the old days, you know, it was, uh, you know, a couple of staff worked in a bookie, so they, they knew everybody. And maybe then they could have some social responsibility, and some might have had. But now when people are doing it online, there is no social responsibility because you're faceless. You're just a number. You're just a username. Yeah. And that's, that's why we're seeing a huge increase in young men. Um, you know, having this problem because it's so easy to do now. But as you said, it's, you know, if you've got an addict, like you were going on about, you know, I, I like you, I love an old smoke, and, I, and there's nobody, and I'm sure you've done it yourself, but I've tried to give up so many times, you know, and, but yet, you know, it's my crutch, it's, it's my addictive personality in relation to, I love me old fag, I know you do as well. Um, but then when it comes to gambling, if that's, if that's, and if you've got that addictive personality, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, because realistically, when I'm smoking, I can only smoke so many cigarettes. That's, yeah. uh, you know, I'm only going to smoke 20 or 30 a day if I yeah. even did that. So that, well, that's like as far as I can go. I, yeah, and I know you're in work, and I know you have to do your research, and you have to, you know, you, you, you look at pre-production and stuff like that. So you're going to be in work for maybe six hours before you actually go on air. So you probably, you know, if you do go out of the building, you're probably maybe only going to go out twice in, within those eight hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where if somebody, if somebody, <clears throat> you know, people, people are skying off work, people are ringing in sick, people are saying to their wives, I'll, I'll talk to you later, kiss her goodbye, and the wife thinks he's going into work, and maybe he's gone to a bookies, or maybe he's gone to a casino. It is sad, and listen, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your friend, by the way, how old was he? Uh, 36. Sad. Uh, a dreadful waste of life, sadly, and li- leaving behind a wife and children, uh, you know, with no answers, I suppose, in some sense, as to why that happened and why it's a, a young life was lost. Uh, it's, it's really sad to hear, Paul. And, and I can tell you now, Paul, he's not the only one. There are probably, know, there probably many, many other men out there, and particularly men, because unfortunately, when we look at the suicide levels, it is mostly young men that are doing it, sadly. Yeah. And that is one of the, th- the reasons why. Listen, Paul, thank you for that. And by the way, if anybody has any issues uh, in relation to gambling or if you're feeling that way or uh, if you're listening to Paul about his friend who took his own life, you can call Pieta House if you're looking for somebody to talk to. And the number is 1-800-247-247. That's 1-800-247-247. Lisa, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Lisa? Hi, Niall. How are you? Um, you were in a situation as well where you were married to a gambler. I am married to a gambler. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, he's in recovery at the moment. That's good. Yeah. Um, a bit nervous here. Uh, it was hell. Hell. That's all I can say. Um, when, you say when you say it was hell, how long was he gambling for all his life? Yeah. And was he gambling when you met him? I didn't know he was. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of just thought yeah. he was having the odd flutter every now and again. Nothing too serious. On a Saturday, I thought, yeah, like... Put yeah. the bet on, and that was it. Like anybody, you know, on Saturday, some people go to the pub for an afternoon or something. But I thought it was just mm-hmm. um, one bet on a Saturday. But it escalated from there that he was gambling everything. We lost our house. Oh my! And he had his own business. He lost that. He he lost a lot. 
but eventually um, he went What was the turning point? Can you remember the turning point from where he said this has to stop? I had enough. You were going to go? I had enough, yeah. We have four kids, so I had enough. I couldn't deal with it anymore, so I got help. I went and got help for myself. Um, through the HSE, it's a very good program. It's co- called Concerned Persons. Mm-hmm. And, um, Similar to the they would have the, the aid on for the relatives and friends of people yes. who are alcoholics, yeah. Yeah, and um, do gambling. They do every addiction, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but that saved me, really. And it saved my marriage and my life because um, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Not and and was he really. was he being honest with you while he was gambling? Did he come home and say, no. "Sorry, Lisa, no. I've, I've lost the mortgage no. money"? No, no. I'd find out when the bailiffs called to the door or when somebody called to the door. It was like, so you broke. thought those bills were being paid, but they weren't. Yes, yeah. That it was, was just—it was horrible. It was just you were afraid to answer the phone. You were afraid to answer the door. It's like, and I can relate to people that have people that are drug addicts. You know, people calling. Um, looking for money and it was just awful. So basically you were living the nightmare with him, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Th- were the kids aware of it? I mean, they would have been very young at the time, obviously. Would, would they have been aware of it? No, I hid everything, which was wrong, really, too, because as my kids got older and got jobs, he was borrowing from them as well. So. And did you find yourself kind of, did you still love him even through the whole thing or were you falling out of love? Oh, I was fallen. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to absolutely kill him because I didn't, I didn't just... know where to go or what to do. He was borrowing off family members. He was borrowing off everybody. Neighbours. The whole lot. He was just borrowing off everybody and everybody wanted their money back. Like, you know? And there was, no, you do? And there was no money to give it back to them? No, there was nothing. I didn't work outside the home. And at what point then, when the, when the house went... I mean, literally, they took the house back off you. No, I actually sold it and paid all his bills, two hundred and fifty thousand. And where? And what did you do then? Where did you move to? Or how did you? Where did you get on? Had to rent something. Had to rent a house. Obviously, on the proviso that he stopped. No, he stopped for a while. So he, he even to... while you were renting, he was still doing it. Oh yeah. Even though he yeah. knew you just lost your house. Yeah. But I didn't know he was still doing it. I thought, like, yeah, okay, He's, he kept saying to me, you know, oh, I'm just having one bet on a Saturday, 14 euros or 15 euros. It was a, kind of an accumulator thing he was saying he was having, but sometimes he wasn't even going to work. He was just going to casinos, and it just, it's horrible. That must, horrible. Have, it must have been a nightmare for you, Lisa. I can only imagine how you felt at the time, you know, sitting in the house, sitting in the kitchen, and not coming to the door, and you're wondering, okay, who's this now? What are they looking for? Yeah. And and how did he react, you know, when, when he came home or were he, was he there at the time when the bailiffs would call or when people were called looking for the debts? And no, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, he wouldn't be there and I'd have to deal with it all. And and, what, and you'd say it to him and he'd say, no, don't worry, I'll sort it out. Yeah. That was always the answer, I'm assuming, uh, I'll sort yeah. it out. I'll sort it out, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. But you did worry about it and it did happen again. Of course. Yeah, yeah because it, it wasn't paid. No. And... No. He had a good job and his boss was very good to him as well. Mm. Like mm-hmm. he bailed us out. And And I you said had he had his own he had his own business as well at one stage. He lost that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. All gone. All gone. 
And how long has he stopped now? Two years. Well, that's good. Oh, yeah. And how do you feel now? Do you oh, feel a different do, life. Yeah, okay. That's absolutely, you have money. Um, I mean... Well, yeah, I have to take control of all the finances and he can't have any control of any finances. Well, that's logical, is that? I mean, I know people yeah. think that's bad, but it's logical because if you're an alcoholic, no. you can't have, you know, whiskey in the boot. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you can't have money in your pocket if you're a recovering gambler. You just can't. No, you can't. And you can't, you're only a bit away from addiction anyway when you're a gambler. And did any of the people that he gambled with, because we talked about the social uh, uh, responsibility. and not, not a social outlet. It's, um, no, we're talking about the social called, responsibility of the bookies. And all these people that he that he would have gambled with or went to did the, did any of them ever turn around to them and say, "Listen, you spent enough. You, we, no, we can't take any more of your money." Or did anyone care that he was gambling no. with? No, 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 no. And they would have known that he had a problem. Probably, yeah. Mm. And do you talk about it much to him now? I mean, the time. Oh that- yeah, we're we're both in recovery. Like he's in, he goes to his meetings, and I go to mine. Like I go to Gamanon. And how are you? How are you together now? Is it? Is it? Oh okay? yeah, we're, oh yeah, we're back to nearly like when we met first. That's great. Yeah. I'm sorry, you so had to go through that in your life. That's that's awful. That's an awful life for anybody. And how long oh, was? How long? I mean, how long did you go through that whole period? How long was that whole period? Thirty years. Oh my! But it was. You're a, so well, you're a stronger woman than most because most women wouldn't put up with it for thirty years. I know, because I went and got, um, I asked for help in, in somewhere, and they told me to leave him straight away. Well, that's, yeah, a lot of people would say that. <laughs> you know, they I would. Know. A lot of yeah. women would, and I'm sure a lot of your mates were saying, probably if you're, t- I don't know whether you confided. Did you confide in your friends? I couldn't. They probably owed them money. All right, okay. Well, everybody's paid back, so. Did you think in the middle of that 30 years somewhere, you know, 15 years in when there was bailiffs at the door and the fear of losing the house and all that kind of carry on, did, did you think, at, I mean, how did you feel at that particular time? Do you think there was no light at the end of the tunnel? I just wanted to get my kids and go somewhere that nobody could find me. Because mm. I, didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. Well, nobody would know how to deal with something like that, particularly if you've never experienced it before. Exactly, yeah. I just didn't know how to deal with it. And then I found a friend and he put me in touch with a counsellor and he put, got me in touch with this concerned person. And that's how I dealt with it then. I was getting stronger and stronger as I was doing the course. And then, you know, part of the course is that you're in with people with addiction. Mm. And that that's freaky at the start. But yeah. you get... You, you get to understand, I suppose. You, you kind of think there's always people worse off than yourself. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's some consolation yeah. to yeah. you. And what advice? If I mean, I know right now there's men and women around the country listening to you, um, probably primarily women because it seems to be a bigger problem for men gambling, yeah. who are in that situation, sitting in a house, knowing that the bailiff's coming to the door, knowing the mortgage is probably not being paid next week when it's meant to be paid because he's just spent it on the bookies. What advice would you give them who are right in the middle you know, of the situation you were in? Talk to somebody. Even if it's just to write it down and hand them a letter or something, just to talk to somebody that's to get it out there. And then if you get it out there, you'll talk to somebody else about it. You know, it's primarily to get to talk about it because it's a lot of hidden 
hidden secrecy about gambling. I don't know what it is, but you're ashamed, I suppose, at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to talk to somebody. Talk. I mean, at the start of that 30 years, I'm assuming it was just the odd hundred quid going missing here and there. It was nothing major. I uh, never really missed it because we were both working. So it was... There was like, decent money oh, yeah, coming just, in, yeah. Yeah, there was decent money coming in. You just pay the bills or whatever. And then I remember we were renting somewhere first and then the rent wasn't paid one month. And I said, what, what happened to that? You had the money. And he said, oh, no, he said I had to spend it on something else. There was always an excuse, you know, mm-hmm. the greater excuse. Oh, no, and somebody texted in earlier on and said her husband went as far as saying one night that he was mugged on the way home and the, oh, mor- yeah. and the mortgage was stolen off. Yeah. And, he, and went as far as reporting it to the guards, even though it never happened. Yeah, that's 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 a common one. Mm. That they were robbed. Well, Lisa, I, I hope things look up for you, and I know they are looking up for you, and I hope uh, your partner stays away from the the bookies and stays away from the betting, and, and I hope you have a happy life together now, and I hope you've got through it, but I'm just sorry that you had to go through 30 years of what seemed like, at times, probably hell, a nightmare. A nightmare, yeah. But I'm on the other side, so I'm I'm happy, and I'm stronger in myself. Good. Good. That I can deal with it now. So, you know, not that it, I want him to go back to Camden or anything, no. but if he did... You think I you could deal with it? I could deal with it, yeah. Well, look, the kids are older too now as well, which yes. kind of helps as well. I mean, when the kids are younger, it's harder to get out of that situation. We're going to be talking about that in a second, I suppose, and the fact that, you know, should you stay together for the sake of the kids? So at that time, you were probably thinking, you know, we have a family, we have children, we have a home. We can't just walk away from all this. I can't walk away from all this. So Exactly. Yeah. Lisa, thank you very much indeed, and I wish you well, all right? Thanks for being Thanks, honest. Niall. Appreciate your Take honesty, care. all right? Bye. And if Lisa's honesty maybe helps one person out there, well, wouldn't it be worth it? Because maybe there's people at home sitting there listening to Lisa's story saying, that's me, that's exactly me. I'm living with a gambler. I'm living with somebody who just doesn't care, who will spend the money that we have for the groceries, who will spend the money we have saved up for Christmas, who will send, spend the money we have saved for the holiday and come up with some corny excuse as to why they had to spend it. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.